Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Now, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know I usually do a bigger intro here, but today is a little different because we are chatting with an organization that is very near and dear to my heart. The Lexington Humane Society is the largest pet adoption agency in central Kentucky, and they have spent years educating the public on responsible pet ownership, loving and respecting the pets in their care, and finding new homes and families for vulnerable animals in our community. It was such a pleasure to have them in the studio with me, and if you have a fur baby, this episode is certainly for you. Here is Ramona Edenfield. Courtney, thanks for having us. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Now, I have to tell you, I'm so afraid that I might cry in this episode because I have a sweet nugget puppy and his name is Pierce and he is almost two years old and I adopted him last year. We've had him for a little bit over a year now and he is the love of of my life. And so I'm always looking through the Humane Society website and it takes everything in me not to absolutely break down. So I'm so excited that you're here. This is my, this is my favorite. I cannot wait. (laughs) Well, I'm just as excited and thank you for adopting and thank you for bringing Pierce into your home to be part of your family and loving that pup so much. It's an amazing thing and it's what we do every day. Yes. it's, It's wonderful that you've done that and it's wonderful to be a part of it and we're excited to be here on the radio podcast with you today. Oh, thanks so much. Well, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about the Lexington Humane Society. Yes, thank you. And thank you again. We're glad to be here with you and your listeners. And um, and to introduce myself, I'm Ramona Edenfield. I'm a native Kentuckian and I'm a longtime Lexington resident who's a true champion for the animals. And my role in donor relations with the Lexington Humane Society, Courtney, is really connecting people, connecting the community and connecting others with the mission of the Humane Society to create those 
most meaningful relationships for the animals, those relationships that put the wind in our sails. And truly that role's an opportunity to wake up every day ready to face whatever challenges in our doorway to save another animal, to be ready to tell the stories that compel our donors to continue giving, to be ready to foster a motherless kitten if that's mm. what's needed. Um, but to be there every day to make sure that we're ready to really make sure that the animals are having a great day every day. And we've been doing this for over a hundred years. So it's exciting to be here and to know that we make a tremendous and measurable impact on our community through improving animal welfare. And we join champions like you who adopt and make new mm -hmm. homes for these precious animals. And I promise as we have our dialogue, we'll only talk about the good stories. Yes. And if we share tears, <laughs> there'll be tears of joy. <laughs> that is the best. Now your tagline is give love teach love, adopt love. Can you kind of break that down for us and tell us why each of those things mean? Yes, absolutely. You know, with the Lexington Humane Society and our work, our mission is truly to advocate the compassionate treatment of animals, to educate our community on responsible lifelong pet ownership, and to promote adoption as the best option when searching for those new pets. So how we are able to give love, teach love, and adopt love falls in many, many ways in our community. Annually, well over 5,000 pets come into our doors, mm. often injured, ill, or starving. And Courtney, these animals need us. And mm -hmm. so that is our number one role, is to make sure that we're able to give love and teach those animals how to be successful in their new adoptive homes mm. and to get those animals into those forever homes. So we individually assess and care for each animal, meeting their needs. Some things I think the community should know and should be aware of. The exciting thing that we're able to provide because of the community's support is whatever surgical need that animal might need that comes into our doorstep, be it a surgical procedure, a heartworm treatment, dental extractions, or perhaps it's just socialization with mm -hmm. a foster family, um, or simply providing those long overdue baths and trims. We're able to provide every animal that comes through our doors with what they need individually, and then we're able to accomplish the ultimate goal for those animals, adoption into their forever homes. So through this mission to adopt love, we're literally saving lives and turning hope into homes for thousands of animals. Mm. And one of the things that I, and this may have been my own naivety or however you say it, I'm a country gal, so I'm not using big words like that, um, is Back in the day, I used to think that humane societies were only providing shelter. I didn't realize that it was so involved with like medical care and, I mean, doing things to help them socialize with other animals so that they can find that forever home. Is that something that, you know, you've been working on for forever? Has that been a staple of what's been going on for this past 100 years or... Of course, we've seen transitions and changes mm -hmm. over the century to meet the needs of society and to meet the needs of our pets. But yes, I think it's important that we're not just a shelter. And I think 
perhaps across the U.S. You know, we try in animal welfare to be more than just the shelter. Right. And so I feel like that's a key component of what we do, but to provide that enriching experience for that animal while they're there in a stressful environment. You know, we all recognize that an animal in a shelter is going to be under stress. They're going to be displaced. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, they're often injured. They're ill. Many come to us in states of starvation. So they're in these stressful situations, but I really feel like the ability to bring these animals in and provide enrichment opportunities for them to make sure that they connect with other dogs, they engage with other people, and they have opportunities to be with volunteers, going out for a pup cup, for example, Mm. you know, gives them more than just the stay at the shelter. So hopefully those types of activities change that perception um, and then make that animal's time with us more comforting. Mm -hmm. How many animals do you currently have at the Humane Society? Today we're running about 350 animals in care um, but we are reaching peak season with summer of course as the temperatures warm um, we see more and more kittens and puppies coming into the shelter so our numbers truly escalate this time of Mm -hmm. year and and we're seeing those numbers being compounded weekly now Uh, by midsummer by august we'll have close to 500 animals in care oh my goodness so it's not just kittens and puppies that you have do you ever get like weird, not weird, exotic animals is what I'm asking. Yes, and they're enchanting. And I have also found this to be very interesting. I I share your intrigue with this. So when I started with the Lexington Humane Society, I was ready for the puppies and the kittens. Even chickens, you know, we have um, some livestock, horses, Uh and cattle, you know, not cattle necessarily, but other animals that will come in, livestock. And, And so very glad to have the opportunity, though, to get more comfortable with our exotics and so we do we receive reptiles we had a a bald python coming (gasps) in um, that was found in Lexington in a subdivision Um, so we have a lot of different reptiles that we see Uh, we bring them in we give them the same care and comfort that any other animal receives and you would be surprised at the interest in adoptions we have a lot of people who want to adopt those exotics be they reptiles we had a hedgehog last week it was the cutest little hedgehog it was the grumpiest thing Uh. Um, so we do we see we see a lot of exotic animals you know these pocket pets and yeah. things that one might not imagine at the at your local humane society right. so yes the lexington humane society does have a variety of species when it comes to volunteers do you have to be like we have a python coming in today everyone <laughs> if you're not comfortable with that take a minute <laughs> Well, maybe our staff somewhat. No, uh, usually with our volunteers, they're in such wonderful roles that are outside of those areas that by the time a volunteer would have a connection to interact with Mm -hmm. an exotic animal, that exotic animal would already be in the adoption center, in one of our adoption centers. And so the volunteer Mm -hmm. would probably be very comfortable and acclimated with knowing that animal was there. So, yes, I think our volunteers enjoy seeing the exotics, too. And we have some of our key volunteers and administration uh, one of our volunteers has bearded dragons oh yes um, and she dresses them in you know halloween finery and holiday finery yep. and it's it's quite interesting so that's been an intriguing thing i've enjoyed working with the lexington humane society i uh, have six pets and i recently uh, have gotten a gecko <gasps> do you love 
the gecko? I do. I really do. I love her. She's sweet. Uh. She's different. And very charming little creature. What other pets do you have? I have dogs and cats, so the others are standards. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, yeah. That's so a you house need full. a few more. You need yes. a few more. I know where you can get some. We've always said we're going to wait till we have a backyard because right now we're in a two-bedroom apartment. We luckily have a dog park in our apartment complex, so we just go down and let him run. But I said there's no way we could have one other animal in here because they would tear the place apart. So backyard, we're coming right over to you. Now, can you tell us what a day-to-day looks like for the animals in your care? Yes, I think it's important for our animals to have opportunities to be outside of the kennels. As we mentioned, it's a very stressful environment for the animals. So we, on a day-to-day basis, make sure that each animal has an opportunity to be outside of that kennel in some type of an enrichment environment, whether that be um, in-house with our staff or perhaps going with a volunteer Mm. for the day. We have uh, small cottages on our property called our Henry Houses, and those Henry Houses are available for taking a pup or an animal out in in your book and spending time with the pets. And um, having animals outside of the kennel is proven scientifically to lower those stress hormones, the cortisols, Mm -hmm. and the things that cause Uh, some other health issues in the animals. And so it's really vital and important that we provide these types of enrichment activities for each animal there. Another example is our uh, cats, the cats in our community at the Lexington Humane Mm -hmm. Society who are available for adoption. They're not housed in kennels. They're actually, they are often, I misspeak, but they are housed in catteries. And through the generosity of our donors, we have open spaces and sunrooms surrounding our adoption center and we allow 10 to 20 cats to play in oh, there so each day. So the cats are not kenneled and crated, but they're able to be there. They're interacting with other cats. They're able to interact with all the humans who are coming mm-hmm. in so that no cat's getting passed by, but they're all there having the chance to engage and connect. So providing those enrichment activities is part of every day for the animals. And that's why I say we really strive to make every day a great day for the animals. Mm-hmm. And those are the ways that we do. Now, you mentioned Henry House a little bit, which I would love to get more information on, one, what that is, but also you have a program called Second Chances. Can you kind of talk about both of those and how you put those into practice? Yes, let me talk about our Second Chances Fund. That is an amazing financial arm of our operations and we count on that fund. It is fully donor supported and the Second Chances Fund allows us to provide medical care, treatments, and surgical procedures, diagnostics, whatever an animal needs to have a good solid quality of life when they come into our shelter. Mm. And so what we often see, Courtney, we see animals who are coming in sadly with injury, with illness um, in this economy and in all all times, of course, but especially now, many owners with good intentions simply can't afford the medical upkeep for an aging or a senior pet, for example. And so what we see are animals who are coming in and they they may need a surgery. Mm -hmm. They may have a, a 
issue with some treatments that are needed that that owner felt that they couldn't afford or that the pet would not survive. We are very fortunate to have an in-house surgical veterinarian. She does take care of the procedures needed. If she is not able to care for the pets who are incoming, then those pets through our Second Chances Fund are able to be diagnosed through some of the Lexington area practices, the clinical mm-hmm. practices. Mm-hmm. So for the equipment, for example, we don't necessarily have the equipment. The Second Chances Fund doesn't cover, for example, an x-ray machine. Mm -hmm. But for what we need, the funding from Second Chances allows us to pay for the diagnostics, medical treatment, and everything that that animal needs to then go to foster care. Because for the most part, those animals then move to foster care. Mm -hmm. And they stay with families until they're ready to go to the adoption center and start their new lives. So... The Second Chances Fund truly is the way that we turn hope into homes Mm. for animals who are dying on our doorstep. Um, There is no more powerful fund when you look at what we accomplish in saving lives with the Lexington Humane Society. Um, The Henry Houses, those are a unique opportunity. Those were donor funded by the Mark Spearies and we are very, very grateful for those spaces. There are three small cabins. They're open and they're available for reservation and checkout. So you would reserve your Mm -hmm. Henry house. You would pick your pet and we would help you uh, align with the pet who might perhaps need some attention and affection. You would come to the Humane Society at the appointed time and scheduled time for the Henry house. You pick up your pet, you take your book, your bag, your soda, you go sit out with your laptop, you play with the pet, you play with the dog until the end of the schedule. And then each Henry house is so neat because it's equipped in the back with a play yard. So each Henry house comes with a small section of backyard. You were talking about the need for the backyard. backyard. So on a pretty day, you can take the dog out, sit at a patio table. There are patio tables at each Henry house. Let the pup run and play, play frisbee, play ball, get some exercise, come back in. And it's really a great opportunity for those pets to be outside of that kennel environment Mm-hmm. Every day having an opportunity to have some type of an enrichment opportunity is vital to the success of the pets. Right. Now, I am not a person who can foster. I know this about myself. If there is a little sugar that's coming into my house, they are not leaving because I'm going to fall in love with them. And I'm just going to have to squeeze them all day long. And that is my biggest... Because I would love to foster. It sounds great. I know how helpful it is, but I also... I've got to guard my heart <laughs> because it would be so bad. So I know that there are other ways to help, not by fostering. And I know that you have four main fundraisers a year. Can you tell us a little bit about what those fundraisers are? Yes, and there are a lot of different ways that we need our volunteers mm-hmm. and the support. And so we will talk about that, I hope, before yes. we end our dialogue today. But, yes, we are happy to host four large major fundraising events each year and we're very very grateful to this community for allowing us to be able to do so that's a lot of fundraising going on in a small community the size of ours and so with our signature events we try to do those seasonally and in the winter we host our tails and owls event that just concluded it was another huge success coming out of the pandemic we have found that people are more eager than ever to be out and attending our events so again we're grateful and and we're very fortunate in that regard the tails and ales is 
a beer tasting bash with games, fun, and of course, any of our events, Courtney, we always have ambassadogs and diplocats who bring the fur and the fun. Oh my (laughs) gosh. You have to say that one more time. Oh, of course, at all of our events, we have our diplocats and our ambassadogs. I cannot live. (laughs) Who bring all the fur and all the fun. (laughs) That is my. Please tell me that you all have T-shirts that say Diplocat Owner. or We need to work on that. <laughs> we will. I'm, I need a sticker at the okay. very least. Okay. We'll see oh my about gosh. getting you a sticker and a T-shirt. Oh. But, yes, all of our events, you know, we're always going to have the the heart of our mission there. Mm-hmm. So count on every event that we host, be it Tales and Ales or some of the other events I can share with you and our listeners. Trust that we will have your fur babies at hand. Mm. Um, they will be there in droves. Uh, so our other signature events, we're getting ready now. We're gearing up for Mutt Strut. And Mutt Strut is a family event, a walk. And that takes place uh, coming up very soon on June 10th at Cold Stream Park. And you can come and join us for a robust morning walk or a leisurely stroll if you prefer. And then after the walk, everyone comes together to celebrate all the pups and browse our vendor booths and shop for the coolest Lexington Humane Society merch Mm -hmm. to show the support for the homeless and the helpless animals. So that's a really great event. Registration is open and you can sign up, sign your family up, sign up a team, but be part of that on June 10th. Then Lexington's iconic end of summer canine splash at Woodland Park Pool, the doggy paddle, benefits the Lexington Humane Society. So that event is a long-standing Lexington tradition as well. And pups and people can join us on Saturday, September 9th this year for a high-energy good time. And registration for that event opens midsummer, and we really encourage everyone to be there when hundreds of dogs take to the water. Courtney, you would not believe it's a sight that brings smiles to all the dogs and all the humans it's amazing i can't imagine that has to be the most fun oh my gosh it's a just a mayhem and madness tennis balls (laughs) and frisbees and splashing dogs in all directions but a great day out so that's coming up september 9th an end of summer event when we have an opportunity to partner with lexington parks and rec and take advantage of their pool before they drain the pool for the the, uh, season the other event that we're excited to host each year is lexington humane society's beastie ball that occurs each fall and this local tradition has become a rich much anticipated fall party for so many people over the years so now with an eye to really keeping the event exciting for our supporters we're putting a fresh spin on the fall event so the 2023 beastie ball will be a party you definitely don't want to miss it's sure (laughs) to be a great time and we'll have all those ambassadogs and diplicats right there Now, let's talk a little bit about other ways that people can volunteer and help out. I know that you all are always facing immediate needs with animals constantly coming in. So how can people play a part in assisting with the Humane Society? Yes, there are wonderful ways to volunteer and and to help and support the Humane Society and all that we do. And you mentioned fostering, and I understand that very intimately, that fostering is a very highly rewarding experience Mm -hmm. that benefits our homeless animals. It's fun for us and for our families, but it's definitely 
definitely not for everyone. I have had foster fails in animal welfare. We call them foster fails. You okay. bring them home with the intention to foster them to good health or to help them with socialization, and you get them and to that point. You know, and then they're you, on the Christmas card. You're Yes, exactly. You're in love, <laughs> and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, they're in your heart, and they're staying in your home. So, yes, while fostering is a rewarding experience, it's definitely not for everyone. So we have a lot of volunteer opportunities and a great number of needs. I find that volunteers truly enjoy working with us in our office. We need office mates who will come in and work with different things such as fielding phone calls, answering general questions of the public, interacting with visitors, helping visitors in our retail merchandise center, and just assisting staff with pop-up events or things that we need to do when we need to go out into the community, pick up a collection, for example, from a business. But these office mate volunteers are a huge part of what we do, and we really couldn't do it without them. We also have volunteers who work with animal enrichment. We've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that. Well, those programs don't happen without the human beings who yeah. have gracious hearts and ample time. So coming to the Humane Society as a volunteer to work in an animal enrichment program, knowing that there are so many opportunities to engage with animals who truly, truly need that time with humans. We also are seeking volunteers for all of those special events we talked about. Mm-hmm. You, you don't host that many wonderful events in the community without an army of amazing volunteers. And we're so grateful for all the volunteers who help us with our events and always looking for that type of support. We also seek support for volunteers to help with fundraising and then basic things around the shelter that one might not consider or think about in volunteering special skills that are needed that we would pay for otherwise skills like perhaps uh, electrical plumbing Mm -hmm. landscaping carpentry painting general things like that tree removal things that we don't expect in our budget but that come up for the lexington humane society and the community is always so so supportive in meeting those needs as volunteers Mm -hmm. and, and our business community so those are ways to help and support oh i love now before we go into segment to, I want to talk a little bit about the importance of adopting instead of going through a breeder to get the animal that you desire. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about the specifics behind that and why it's important to adopt? Yes, we feel that it is crucial to adopt because we are there every day, Courtney. We're seeing those animals' faces. We're looking in those eyes. We're watching those tails wag, and we're seeing those kittens' anticipation when someone walks in the room. And so we know, we see firsthand why adoption is so important. Knowing these animals, knowing their dispositions, knowing what they have to look forward to in their futures, yet not knowing their backgrounds, makes it extremely important for us to be able to focus on adoption as the key part of our mission. Mm -hmm. And so what we really try to do always is to encourage adoption as the best option for anyone searching for a new pet. The Lexington Humane Society has hundreds of dogs, cats, things that people don't anticipate that we might have, barn cats, bunnies, reptiles, we talked about snakes Mm -hmm. and geckos, other small animals, even pigs, horses, chickens, and hedgehogs. All these animals are waiting to be adopted into loving homes every single day. 
And we do understand that some families and some people prefer to have a very specific breed of pet mm-hmm. for a very valid reason, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there are allergies in their yep. family. Perhaps size of the pet or temperament of the pet is a concern. And so we do understand and respect those needs for families. And to meet those needs, we have a wonderful concierge pet service to accommodate the community. Our first contact service allows potential adopters to be at the top of the list for meeting those pets, those exact pets they're seeking for a small fee, and that covers the a portion mm-hmm. of the administrative costs. Anyone can sign up to receive an invitation to a private meet and greet when that specific type of pet is ready for adoption oh. at the Lexington Humane Society. So if you meet and greet and you fall in love with a pet, then you would have the first option to adopt. Hence the name, our first contact service. And so in allowing first contact, what happens, we see so often, you might be surprised, the types of pets we are receiving, pets that owners have in fact purchased Mm -hmm. from breeders for these exact reasons, perhaps size, temperament, allergies in the home, um, different things that are concerning, but then they find that that doesn't work out, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and we find that they have surrendered their pets when things didn't turn out as they had planned with their new pedigree pet. Mm -hmm. So we do want the community to be aware that we have so many animals for adoption and the most beautiful mutts are there, as are those pets that look like they came out of a catalog. Yes. My little precious bean, he is a mutt. We have no idea what he is, and he is the best boy. He is my <laughs> favorite person on this planet. Now, there are some people who are nervous to adopt, specifically when we're talking about breeds like pit bulls and you know, the ones who have the stigma of being quote unquote aggressive. What would you say to someone who is nervous about adopting? Courtney, this is a very special subject that's close to my heart because I adopted a big square head. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that our listeners and our community understand that these dogs are those pets we talked about with our first contact service. Mm -hmm. These are the pets that people go and pay a lot of money for and they bring them home and they realize that these pit bulls and these boxers and these Rottweilers are much more difficult to handle than they might have imagined. Mm -hmm. And because these types of dogs do require a a strong uh, engagement, a strong training, a, a consistent engagement with Mm -hmm. their human, they often get the bad rap. And so they come into the shelter and they remain with us oftentimes longer than other dogs. Mm. Sadly, oftentimes our our big square heads are there on average longer than others. And we provide for them in unique ways because we want those dogs to have meaningful experience not only while they're at the shelter Mm -hmm. but we want them to have a meaningful life outside of the shelter and that means it we must give due diligence to making sure their adoptions stick Mm -hmm. as we say in the business we want to make sure that these dogs with the bad reputations and the you know these big square heads that are you know strong dogs Mm -hmm. and harder to train that they are in fact receiving what they need to be successful in their new environment with their new owners. So we have some unique enrichment 
for those dogs. Mm -hmm. We have the trainable program that is sponsored by MetLife Pet Insurance. That is, to my understanding, the only insurer of those big dogs um, who will provide the health coverage oh. for those types of dogs because they are also prone to eating a lot in the house. Yep. You know, they'll eat mm -hmm. your socks, they'll eat your furniture. Your yep. you have to, <laughs> yes, you have to watch these dogs. Uh -huh. And so, you know, like we talked about foster care. Perhaps these big square heads aren't for everyone, but we help train them so that they can fit into a family environment. Mm. So through our trainable program, we have a core of volunteers who are dedicated trainable volunteers. They come in on a weekly series schedule. They partner with a specific dog throughout that period of time. Each week when they come in, they spend time one-on-one -on -one with that dog, getting that dog out, getting some energy out, and then they come to their trainable class where they train that dog to walk on a leash. They train the dog to follow the basic commands, to sit, to stay, to go to a crate or to go to a mat, mm -hmm. to go lie down. And so that big dog understands and knows those basic commands from a human voice so that when he or she is placed in a home and goes to be adopted, yep. he or she, that pup, has a greater chance of success. Mm -hmm. Further, our trainable dogs are sent home with the harnesses and the leashes and the types of equipment that those dogs need because that is also a stumbling point for many new owners who will adopt an 80 pound dog that's very right. strong uh -huh. they you know and then they want to have engaging walks and fun and take the dog out to the community, but having the right harness to do that so that the dog's better under control and can be trained to walk well and on a leash. Those are some of the items that we mm -hmm. actually provide. We will also provide crates with, with some of our big dogs when the home environment um, is such that the dog will be left alone while the new owner's going to work and these things right. that we do. We don't want and a new adoption of a big dog, a big square head to fail because a new owner hasn't been informed or educated about their temperament mm -hmm. and what they can do and the destruction they can cause. <laughs> yeah. So we do, in fact, give crates. We will give crates with our trainable dogs. So lots of great things going on for those big square heads. And I say it's a, a personal thing for me because I fell in love with one mm -hmm. and I adopted one. And, you know, it's a non-traditional dog for a woman. Of right. my age and station in life now. So it's not the typical dog that, mm -hmm. that I might be expected to have. And like you speak of your baby, yeah. I too feel that way about yeah. mine. So yeah, they're special dogs. Thanks for asking about them. Oh, I love. Okay, we are going into segment two, which is what I like to call BGCF Fast Facts. I ask you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first answer that pops up. Are you ready? I am ready. What are you reading right now? Courtney, right now I am really enjoying something different, a different genre for my read. It's uh, Gregory Maguire's The Wicked Years series. Are you familiar? Not at all. What is this? It is the uh, book upon which the oh, Tony Award winning Broadway musical was based, Wicked. It's oh. the biography of the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. So it's a spinoff uh, from The Wizard of Oz, and it, it takes us through the life of the Wicked Witch of the West, and the story really gives readers a new view of the Wicked Witch of the West, and it helps us question our perceptions of good and evil. Um, and I feel the tale really demands a new look at the beloved classic, The Wizard of Oz. So when I finish, it's a series of four books, mm -hmm. and when I 
I finish the Wicked Years series, I do plan to reread The Wizard of Oz from a fresh frame of reference, but really enjoying The Wicked Years. Are you excited to see the movie Wicked? I don't think I will do that. No. Okay. We'll get, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. Th- I'm more of a reader. I'm an avid okay. reader, but not much of a movie a goer. A movie goer. Well, then this next question is going to be very interesting. What are you watching right now? Oh, that is a good one. No, I, I don't sit down long enough to watch much of anything. Um, so I, I will answer that one by saying my pets. Um, <laughs> working at an animal shelter does have its risk because you meet so many precious pets. Pets who come from very desperate situations. You know, even some near-death situations. And so I think a staff we foster and I feel like I'm always watching some pet of some sort so if I'm watching something it's likely going to be a foster pet or one of my own six pets that is the (laughs) best answer I think we've had in the studio that's great what are you listening to right now well, of course, I'm listening to the Do Good Radio Hour. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Look exactly. at that play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm really enjoying right now Wiser Than Me. It's Julia Louise, Louise Dreyfus's podcast mm. regarding the iconic women uh, dialogues with women in the arts and entertainment and advocacy. And, you know, Julia keeps it real. She's very authentic. And mm. I love hearing the words of wisdom mixed with the humor. So uh, very much enjoying that Wiser Than Me on Lemonada. And then I'm also... Uh, I, I'm just old school in this, I guess. I routinely listen to The Daily, uh, Michael mm. Barbero's yeah. The Daily. It's, it's just something that I, I tend to routinely do. And it's a great deep dive into the topics, a key interest. And I feel like they have relevant reporters and experts dialoguing about the things that matter to me. So those are the things I'm listening to right now. Oh, I love that. What are you eating right now? Ah, can we skip a question? Do we get a pass? You can have a pass, yes. Uh, No, with warmer temps arriving, finally, I'm not a cold weather gal, I'm really enjoying more fresh vegetables and salads. Mm. I tend to eat seasonally, Courtney, and I have an insatiable sweet tooth. Last night, I had a simple salad and zucchini bread with cream cheese, so... Oh, delicious. uh, Enjoying lighter fare. We just had um, food chain in here the other day and she was talking to me about eating seasonally which I would love to do but I'm not educated enough to know like what vegetables are in season right now what fruits are in season so we're gonna do like a study together so she can teach me all of the things and I'm very excited about it what are you most scared of While I wouldn't say scared, I do worry a lot about our economy. Mm -hmm. I worry about the economy, the stability coming out of the pandemic, the the slowness of the economic recovery in so many parts of our nation, and indeed across much of the Commonwealth, combined with this skyrocketing inflation concerns me. I worry about our families, and I also worry about a resurgence of the pandemic. I I think about Mm -hmm. so many families who are hurting financially, and all of us have just faced an ordeal of a lifetime in dealing with COVID. And all of that having happened, all that we lost, it would be devastating to our communities and to our people to have another resurgence of the pandemic. And so I think that that gives me pause. It gives me reason for concern. And it is one of the things that I worry most about. Mm. What are you most proud of? Oh, these are getting more fun now. I, <laughs> I can say this without a doubt. I am very proud of having raised my incredible children, my son and my daughter. They are both, without a doubt, 
who I am most proud of. Mm. I can say that I wasn't the best mother authentically. I had them at a very young age myself, and then I pursued a very demanding career that required a lot of travel. But despite being gone too much and perhaps missing some mothering moments through the years, they both became truly amazing adults. So mm. for me, that's a quite an accomplishment to be proud of. Mm. Who do you look up to? My parents. You spoke of, of being a country girl. Uh, I, we may share beginnings. I, I uh, feel like my family roots, the pride that we feel having those roots grounded in eastern Kentucky and coming from humble beginnings make us who we are. And I truly look up to my parents. They never let a lack of education or a lack of money or a lack of time interfere with ensuring my childhood happiness and my sound upbringing. My parents really gave me a tremendous amount of independence as a child, and that was unique, I feel, in my observation of others. And that independence and freedom allowed me to learn very early on how to make good decisions and that I have to take ownership of my own actions and my own reactions, be those good or bad. So I think I really hold in highest regard my parents. I, I think they taught me the critical importance of things that have helped me be where I am in life. Mm. Uh, where at in eastern Kentucky? Pike County. Okay. I'm a Harlan County girl. Okay. Yeah. So we're neighbor. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yes. My family is from the, as we say, the backside of Pike oh, County. Oh, yes. Yes. The best. Yes. Um, what are you most looking forward to? I'm going to give an authentic answer here, although I may, maybe I shouldn't, but I will. I'm looking forward to kitten season. It's exciting. I love kittens. I love seeing the kittens come into the Lexington Humane Society. The first year I was with the Lexington Humane Society, I kept hearing about kitten season. I didn't realize what was about to happen. And when it hit, I was shocked at the great numbers of kittens arriving at the shelter, most in need of fostering. And my office is by foster care, or it was. We've made some mm -hmm. recent changes. So what I saw last year at kitten season, you know, I would be there, and one moment I would be handed a litter of three kittens. <gasps> hold those kittens for an hour. Wait, wait, here's another litter, Ramona. Please hold this litter of kittens three for the next hour, and then... The next thing you know, I have two or three litters of kittens in my office. Oh my it was the most magical time. So <laughs> I hate to say that, but, uh, you know, my coworkers may not agree. I know they work so hard in foster mm -hmm. care and in vet tech and our different departments and adoptions with the kittens. But while it's a trying time at the Lexington Humane Society as we manage and care for so many more fur babies in the spring and summer, it's my favorite time of the year at the shelter. So mm. the baby kittens are coming. I love it. I can't wait. Why do you love our community? I think the bluegrass is such a unique mix of tradition and trendy. I think that our community really cares. I think we're a feeling community and a caring community, and we're creating community, mm -hmm. an artistic community, and we're a thinking community. We problem solve, and we do what communities should do for others. We really have it all here in Lexington. We have a historical, cultural and current perspective that, that make Lexington a very magical place to be. And so I think that these things that make up the fabric of our culture and community and give us such a richly diverse and amazing place to call home bring love to the to my heart for our bluegrass. Our people are smart, they're forward-thinking, they're compassionate individuals who come together and they enrich our lives because we are together doing 
good. We're here doing mm-hmm. good and we're talking about it. And we ensure that everyone is part of that good. And so that is why I chose to live in Lexington. That's why I've been here for 30 years. And that's why I truly love our community. Mm. Why do you love yourself? You save the hard ones for last. <laughs> I've grown to love myself, and Courtney, I don't think that's an easy thing to do Mm-mm. in life. I think that that's something we learn. I've learned to love myself because I am able to live my best life, and I have so much ahead to look forward to. I love myself because I've given my heart and so much of my time to helping others, and being there when someone needs that hand up, a little boost of encouragement, or maybe they just need someone to listen to them mm-hmm. without judgment. So perhaps when you're blessed, to be able to spend your life and even give your career in service to others, truly loving other people, then it does become natural to also love yourself. Mm, I love that. Last question. Tell us what you have going on, what you have coming up, and where we can find you to stay updated. Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, remember adoption is the best option when considering a pet. Please visit our Everyday Adoption Center at PetSmart in Hamburg, or our main adoption center at 1600 Old Frankfurt Pike. The love of your life is waiting for you there, so hurry up. Come and see (laughs) us. For hours and locations, you can visit our website at LexingtonHumaneSociety.org. And then we have lots of summer fun and family events coming up. Our mutt strut is June 10th at Coldstream and Doggy Paddle at the end of summer, September 9th. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at Lexington Humane Society. And to register, get your tickets, support our fundraising, and enjoy our auctions and fun things online, bookmark us at LexingtonHumaneSociety.org. You can also sign up for our community newsletters on our website so you don't miss any of the fun or any of the fur babies. (laughs) Ramona, thank you so much for being here. This has been so wonderful. This is the best. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to sit with all of them kittens. And I'm going to play with all of them puppies, so you better be ready to see me. Good. I can't <laughs> wait. I look very forward to to that. We welcome you, and, and just I want to say in closing, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the relationship between the Lexington Humane Society and the Bluegrass Community mm-hmm. Foundation. The foundation does so much good for so many organizations throughout our community and for the donors in our community mm. who want a safe and trusted place to invest. And so let me just close by saying a heartfelt thank you for all uh, the good that's done in our community by you and your organization and and getting a chance to tell the stories on the Do Good Radio Hour. Uh, Thanks for having us. We appreciate you so much, and we will definitely see you next time. Bye, Ramona. Thanks again. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.